Want to get in touch with us? Email us at thekissmequicks at gmail.com or give us a call at 202-810-KISS. Remember to give us permission to play your message on the show. Eroticism is important. It influences and energizes our entire human experience. Eroticism isn't sex. It's sexuality transformed by our imaginations. We encourage lurid listeners to cultivate eroticism, to play with it, smack it, and rub it down. We want you to enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations. Spanning many literary genres, including action-adventure, science fiction, romance, horror, fantasy, and paranormal. Please, y'all, listen responsibly. Hey, alert listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. I am your host, Rose Carraway, and joining me in the studio is Big Daddy Dave Carraway. I got to do it a little bit different every time. <laughs> yes, you do. I know. <laughs> I don't think absolutely... I could do it the same way every time. <laughs> Unlike me, who's a robot. No way. I try to change it up, too. I try to change my sex appeal inwards <laughs> the way I say it on my big black microphone. <gasps> I went nasty. See? I changed it up. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's hey. a BBM. <laughs> it is. That sounds like a bowel movement. <laughs> you know, sometimes those feel good, too. <laughs> Oh my God, that's disgusting. You see, we're not the Everybody people. poops. And everybody's got their thing. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to poo-poo on your sexy parade. No, <laughs> but that one's not probably not going to come up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, I just discovered something today, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is not to shame our listeners, but if you are not following the whores of yore on Twitter, how dare you? You need to follow them. If you're a student of sex and sexuality and history, this is the place to be. Kate Lister, who wrote The History of Sex book, uh, is a beautiful, brilliant Brit. She's a phenomenal person, super smart, super cute, super hilarious. She does the TikTok thing, all kinds of social media stuff. She's a very scholarly person um, who is lucky enough to be funny too. So uh, I really like her. She's got a brand new podcast out and it's called Betwixt the Sheets. It's a really good podcast. It's brand new. Like I said, I think there's only like three episodes out deep with information. Like it's well worth your time. You're probably going to want to take some notes. If you write short erotic stories, this is full of all kinds of stuff that can, I mean, just drop little elements of medieval sex in your stories. It's really, really good. Betwixt the Sheets, must listen to that. If you like the history of sex and sexuality, it's really good. Okay, thanks so for that's the rec. My, I know, <laughs> they are not paying us. It's just, you know, I, I consider myself like a student of sexuality. And I just love, the problem is, is that I cannot keep all of the information in my head. Like, I don't know, 80% of it, it just like, leaves my brain. And I have to, so I am going to be listening to this episode again. It's, it's really, really good. Well, today's story is our last 
featured story from Rachel Kramer Bussell's Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 7. That's a mouthful. That's what she said. (laughs) Um, You know, we've been so proud to be bringing these stories to your guys' lovely little ear holes. And, you know, obviously working with Rachel Kramer Bussell is always an honor and a joy. And, you know, today's story, I think Big Daddy might have something to say about it. He's really thrilled about the music that he got to incorporate. (laughs) Well, it's funny you bring it. Yeah, we don't get to use a lot of, like, sort of... Americana, I'm going to call it Americana style music. Uh, I think just, it just often doesn't fit with the story. There's a lot more drama going on and it just doesn't belie the story. If I'm using that word correctly, probably not. But this, this one does. They're musicians, they're on the road. Uh, I, it doesn't, I don't think it tells them how, what kind of music they play. It doesn't say in the story, but in my mind, it is sort of this sort of, Americana sound and so it's kind of nice to have that as part of our show we don't get to do it as much as I we'd like I like that music we it just doesn't always fit do you have a favorite work. Americana artist as like a reference point I don't know okay <laughs> I mean there's so many okay well anyway <laughs> belie means to give a false impression of so did you use that word correctly possibly possibly not <laughs> Well, today's story is titled Tulsa. That sounds Americana, right? It's it's in Tulsa. (laughs) And it's written by the lovely Erin McClellan. We chose this story for a few reasons. Um, Primarily because we were, we loved the story, the tone of it, the angst behind it, you know, the expectations and the loneliness of being on the road when you're a musician in a band. Um, that's a unique lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I don't find it represented in, um, erotica very often there's been a couple of times there's those guitar hero romance books right yeah guitar heroes type i imagine there's some of that in there yeah well maybe we don't really i guess we don't really follow that side of it yeah yeah but also the the main characters um are female female so you know get on board for that Mm because it's pretty hot and who can't relate to you know the main character's conflict is Basically kind of an unrequited love situation. Um, and who doesn't feel that, right? Who hasn't felt that before? And so it's it's very easy, no matter what your orientation, to yeah. understand where they're coming from. And our, I can't remember, our, is the love interest the road crew or like an actual band member? Because Bandmate. that's huge. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that's a huge conflict of, oh, but we know that happens all the time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's treading on thin ice at that point, yeah, right? Because yeah. if it goes bad, it can really go bad. Yeah. Your music is going to be influenced yeah. by <laughs> what For happens. So. Certain people work it out. I think, doesn't Bruce Springsteen get a divorce from his wife or something, but they still play together? Um, the Bloody Jug Band, who we interviewed way back a long time ago. One of their um, singers and Cragmire, I think it was his name. Uh yeah, they, I think they were together and then they separated. Maybe they're back together. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it happens. It's a common thing, but yeah, it's fun. You're it's on fun the road. Play. It's the perfect you're erotic looking, story. Exactly. You're on the stage. You're heightened. You're energetic. And you want to, I mean, when you get done with the show, there's no way you don't want to fuck. There's yeah. no way you don't want to fuck if you're like, Well, I mean, hello. Uh, what do you call the girls that... The, groupies? The group, yeah, there's groupies for a reason. <laughs> yeah, 
we need groupies to yeah, yeah to, to satisfy yeah. that final climax at the end of a good night mm-hmm. yeah it's all performance fun um I really like this story. It's very, it's a very tender story too. Mm-hmm. You know, very a lot of vulnerability is expressed mm-hmm. in it, and you know, I, I appreciate it. So, um, I think my phone just bleeped. Whoops, <laughs> party foul. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so here you guys go. Enjoy, Aaron McClellan's Tulsa. We only fuck when we're in Tulsa. Tonight, I need this. I need Tulsa. The lights go down on the Kane's ballroom stage, and cheers rise up from the audience. The end of a set is usually a huge adrenaline release, but not now. My heart is hammering a country train beat in my chest. I try not to glance at her, but she grabs my hand and lifts it over our heads like we're boxers. This is how we end every show. Normally, I whoop and grin and wave. Normally, I say something to amp the fans up of the headliner, but the grasp of her calloused fingers rolls me. I can't do anything but stare. We're in Tulsa, and I want her. I always want her. But in Tulsa, I can admit it. She gives my fingers an extra squeeze and leads me off stage. Roadies, stage crew, and our band bustle around us. Someone takes my fiddle. Someone else takes her guitar. She chugs a bottle of water. I take a shot of whiskey and grimace. Burns? she asks. There's sweat on her neck. I long to lick it off. Yes, good though. Yeah, you are. We've been in a band for eight years. We've kissed twice. We've had sex seven times. She has never, ever flirted with me. I drop my plastic cup. She grins. You going to the bar? She asks. I suppose, if you are. I don't know the name of the bar. It's one of those dives that changes ownership so often that the name is different every time we come to town. It's close to Kane's, though, and a cheap Uber ride back to a hotel or the tour bus. Five years ago, I went to that bar after a show and tried to ride away my sorrows on a cocktail napkin. She found me, told me my ex-boyfriend was a dickhead, asked if I liked the lyrics I'd written, and offered to look over them in her hotel room. I showed her a lot more than a cocktail napkin, and that song is our biggest hit. Ten months later, we stopped in Tulsa for another overnighter. I went to the bar after our set, praying she would show. She did. It's our little secret. Our little routine. We don't talk about it. I want to talk about it. I want to shake everything up. Her gaze flickers down to my lips. I almost dive in right in front of everyone, but she takes a step back. I lose her in the crowded backstage.
Once my after-show obligations are done, I head out. Our next show is in Dallas. We're staying the night here to give the bus driver a break. It's a happy accident, one I absolutely suggested to our tour manager when I saw the schedule. When I make it to the bar, an old man is singing karaoke love songs. I'm the only other customer. I grab a cocktail napkin and scrawl down a few lines out of habit. After the man finishes his fourth song, she finally walks in. She reaches me in a breath, and my skin flashes hot with need. I'm touch-starved and hungry for her. Without looking at it, she grabs the cocktail napkin and stuffs it in the breast pocket of her flannel shirt. We both changed after the show, but just like on stage, we're polar opposites. I'm in a summery romper. She's in loose flannel and baggy jeans. She sits down and grips my calf where it's crossed over my other leg. I about fall off the bar stool. Camilla, she says in my ear. I love how she says my name, like it's the whole chorus of her favorite song. We have to leave. To a hotel? A tiny smile ticks up the corner of her mouth. No, we have to leave for Dallas. I tried to call you. I fumble out my cell phone and find a cacophony of missed texts and calls from everyone. Her, our manager, other bandmates. What's going on? They're expecting bad storms throughout the state tomorrow. We can't get stuck here or sidelined. The whole tour is driving overnight to Dallas. But we're in Tulsa. An embarrassing whine tinges my voice. She slides her hand up my leg. I know. It's been over a year. I'm skirting close to things we never say out loud, never acknowledge. I know, she repeats. She cups my cheek for a fleeting second. Come on, the bus is waiting for us. Eleven months ago, during a recording session, she stripped down to a tank top, showing off her strong, tattooed arms, and I lost the beat. A week later, she laughed at a joke during an interview, and I lost my head completely. It has been small things, this change in me. The smiles, the eye contact, the scent of her body wash. We're friends. We're bandmates. We're fuck buddies when we're in Tulsa. Only in Tulsa. But I've been writing songs about her in my head. I've been playing my body, pretending my fingers are her fingers. To lose this, our one night together, hurts. She seems fine, unbothered. She smiles at me from the back seat of an Uber and tells me good night when we make it to our bus. Everyone is tucked away in their bunks, so I crawl into mine and pull the curtain closed. Within an hour, we're on the road. The sway of the bus usually puts me to sleep. I imagine the empty road ahead of us, the dark, the moonlight on fields of gold. I imagine that cocktail napkin she filched from me at the bar, the taste of her mouth. It could be a year before we find ourselves in Tulsa again, or longer. My curtain swishes open, and before I can gasp, a hard hand presses over my mouth. It's pitch black, but I can tell it's her. Her fingers slide off my lips, and I whisper, Lucy, quiet, come with me. I slip out of my bunk and follow her to the lounge at the back of the bus. This is our music space. We write songs and jam with the band back here. She slides the door closed behind us. She's still wearing her flannel shirt, but with no pants. It reaches the top of her thighs. 
Within a breath, she's in my space, her body pressing mine into the sliding door. I push her toward the couch, and she goes down willingly. It's dark back here, the glow of passing headlights the only illumination. Her flannel shirt scrunches up around her waist, and her legs fall open. I land on my knees between them. She isn't wearing panties. I don't know the rules yet, the rules of whatever this is, but I need two things. A kiss and her arousal on my lips. I'm tired of waiting. The entirety of our weird fuck buddies routine is hinged on her stepping up, on her making a move. I go to the bar and wait. She shows up. She takes me back to a hotel room. She puts me where she wants me in bed. I follow along because I'm starved for her and for this. But I'm ready to take what I want for once. I'm ready to shock us both. A kiss is scarier by far, so I dip my mouth to her cunt. Her bright, citrusy taste rings through me, and she gasps, the noise and arpeggio of pleasure that I wish she didn't have to stifle. Cammy, she says. Camilla, fuck. I suck hard on her clit and run a thumb between her folds, reveling in the heat there. She squirms against my lips. I lift my head. What do you need? This. I roll the hard nub of her clit with my tongue. And? We've only been together seven times, but I know what she likes. It's branded in my memory. A laugh rolls through her. You know what? I unbutton her shirt, revealing her small breasts to my eyes and my hands. For long minutes, I strum her nipples with my thumbs and drive her crazy with my mouth. She clamps her thighs around my shoulders and arches her back. She's close. I can feel it. But she yanks my head away from the hot place between her legs before tipping over the edge. What? I ask, panting. My chin is wet. I brought you something. Us something. What is it? She reaches under the cushion behind her head and pulls out a black bundle. With a flick of her wrist, she unrolls the bundle and uncovers a cadre of sex toys, everything from plugs and vibrators to dildos and nipple clamps, slotted into little pockets. A jolt reverberates through my stomach. We've never used toys together. Toys indicate at least a minor degree of pre-planning, and I've always pretended that sex in Tulsa was just something that happened, even though we obviously premeditated. An oopsie-daisy, sorry I fell face-first into your tits, my bad, let's never talk about this, thank you. What's off-limits, I ask. A timber of vulnerability passes through her eyes. We're vulnerable with each other all the time when we write together. When we're on our tenth show in as many days and can hardly think straight. When one of us flubs a note or an interview. The one time we're usually not vulnerable with each other is in bed, so it amazes me that she's letting me see it now. Nothing. For you, nothing, she whispers. Close your eyes, then. I pull out the nipple clamps. They're black with a delicate gold chain. I also grab a butt plug. When I grip its base, my thumb nudges a button and the toy jumps to life. She smiles, eyes still closed. There's lube in there, too. I press a laugh into her leg and run my fingers over the toy. It's not vibrating exactly, but has tiny rotating beads at the neck under the silicone. 
I start with the nipple clamps. She makes a low noise when I snap the first one into place. Her eyes fly open. Okay, I ask. She nods. Her chest heaves as she adjusts to the pain. You good? Yes. So I clip the other one on. Close your eyes and keep them shut this time. Her eyelids flutter on a sigh, and she threads her strong fingers into my hair as I kiss down her stomach. I like this version of you, she whispers. Very take charge. It's nice. I spread her pussy open with my thumbs. So fucking pretty. I'm done holding back, Lucy. She's soaked, her arousal slicking the insides of her thighs. I lube up the plug, press the button to turn it on, and tease the rim of her ass with it. Do you want this? She's shaking now, her body reacting in a way I've never seen, her muscles strung tight like a bow. Please, Camilla. I work the plug into her, slowly, incrementally, loosening her up bit by bit. Once it's seated, she groans. Shh, baby. A beat of silence, then another. I've never called her baby before. It sits heavy between us, full of possibility. Finally, she says, it feels like being rimmed. I take her in, the sweat beating along her breasts, the clamps on her nipples, the tattoos on her heaving ribs, her glistening pussy and the base of a plug peeking out between her cheeks. She's frankly the hottest person I've ever seen. Do you want to come? I ask, knowing she's dying for my mouth. I want her to fly. I want her to love this so much that she keeps coming back for it. I want her to need this so badly that she can't wait until the next time we're in Tulsa. You fucking know I do. I fall back into her, face first. I lick her until her legs are trembling at my ears. Her hips lift off the couch toward my mouth, so I pin her with one arm across her stomach. My fingers snag in the chain of the nipple clamps and inadvertently pull on it. She starts to come. I press the fingers of my free hand into her cunt. She muffles a cry with her own forearm and convulses against my mouth. As the tremors slow, she yanks the chain between the clamps until they pop off. Her inner walls pulse hard around my fingers. Ow! Fuck! Her hands fly to her tits, cupping them. God, I love that. Thank you. I nudge one of her hands out of the way and cover her breast with my palm. It's warm and perfect. Want me to take out the plug? I ask. She nods. It feels more intimate to take care of her than to eat her out. She normally doesn't let me take care of her. The first time we had sex, all those years ago... She finger-banged me until I couldn't think or walk. Then she left before I managed to roll out of bed. At the time, I was worried we were fucking up our careers, our band. We ignored it. The next time, I left before she woke up. This time, I can't leave, and she can't leave, and I don't want to. I hope she doesn't either. She flips me onto my back without another word. I'm about to explode. I could sneak a hand to my pussy and come in a second flat. I'm a hair trigger when it comes to her. She tears my sweats and underwear down in one go, and I pull my sports bra over my head. Did anything in my bag of tricks catch your eye? She asks. Everything is clean and sterilized. God, I don't know, but please hurry. I've got what you need. 
She tugs a thick, vibrating dildo out of the fabric bag. It has a cute little arm that flares off the middle. I assume that nub is for my clit. She straddles my ribs and lifts the dildo to my mouth. Suck it. The toy slips over my bottom lip and onto my tongue, the flared head skimming the roof of my mouth. I moan. Her eyes flame, barely visible in the dark. This is out of our comfort zone, but in a good way, an exciting way. She rearranges herself beside me and pulls the dildo out of my mouth. Her gaze never leaves my face. Her body melts into me, and her lips come closer and closer. Kiss me, I whisper. She does. It's hot and slow and everything. Right as I lose my breath, she pushes the dildo into me and turns it on. A hot, sticky wave of desire washes through me as vibration hits my clit and G-spot. I kiss her harder as she moves the toy in minuscule thrusts. Tension grows in me, an ache blooming from the base of my spine and rising in intensity. But I'm lost in her lips and the slow roll of her tongue against mine. My body clenches around the toy. She pulls back to watch me. Camilla, her voice is rough and ragged. I raise my hand to her cheek and hold on. My eyes can't stay open. I'm too close. She snags my thumb with her teeth and sucks it into her mouth. Pleasure crescendos in me, and I come apart completely. My body's an amp, turned up to eleven, blowing out the speakers. She doesn't try to soften my cry. She lets me belt. When she kisses me again, it's like the verse of a song, the lifeblood that links the high points, the lyrics that tell the actual story. I wrap my arms around her and kiss her until my lips hurt. Soul deep contentment settles in me as we cuddle. It will end soon. We'll go back to our bunks and pretend this never happened. My heart will feel like it's breaking every day she's not mine, and I'll hold out hope for Tulsa. She opens the curtains on the window beside us. Headlights momentarily illuminate her face as she gazes out at the dark. I let her look, happy to have this time in her arms. We just passed the exit for Atoka, she says. What's in Atoka? Her eyes meet mine. I don't know, but it's not Tulsa. Oh, I prop myself up on an elbow. We're not in Tulsa. No, we're not. She brushes her fingers through the hair at my temples. I'm glad, I say. I want... Yeah, Cammy. I want to... She lifts her lips to mine. With you. We kiss, and it's gentle and tender, and not at all like any of the other times we've kissed. She flops back onto the cushions and pulls my cocktail napkin out of the breast pocket of her flannel. Heat blazes up my cheeks, even though I can barely read the words. On it, I've written... We only fuck when we're in Tulsa, soaked in spotlights and alcohol. In her spiky handwriting underneath my lyrics, she has scribbled, but not anymore.
Sometimes I wanna take it from a little to a lot And I am spinning in a circle like a dizzy little top And I am calling all the people I've forgotten about And trying to tell them that I figured it out But it's a lie and all the stupid things I say and do And never really stop when I should never have begun I really ought to drop it But it's faster when you don't even have time to stop And think about the things that you were saying Cause they never really matter But it's empty spaces in the air Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up Oh no, oh no All the million little empty spaces in the air Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up Oh no, oh no, oh no But I never was a fighter and I never All right, Lord listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's story. That was Tulsa written by Aaron McClellan. You can follow them on Twitter at E. McClellan Writes. Tulsa is a featured story from Rachel Kramer Bussell's Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 7. Please do go get that audiobook in Audible. If you aren't following us on Twitter already, please do so right now at the KMQ so that you do not miss out on any of our audiobook giveaways. We just gave away a whole bunch of Insatiable Wives audiobooks, just putting the codes out there. So it's first come, first served basis. So follow us so that you can get notified right away. If you want more sexy stories and would like to support the show, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Caraway. Remember to leave us a review so that more lurid listeners like you can find us. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artist. Josh Woodward, including his feature credit song, Brevity. And the KMQ introduction music by Vivich. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 7. For a second, everything was silent and commotionless. I turn, I said to Fluffy, that's a cute little sire day. But then I went scampering off, and that was better than the empty spaces in the air. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, oh no, oh Stupid fish. Did it just get dark? Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. That's good fucking weather.